and sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. As we look at Romans chapter 5, and uh, we uh, also read verse 19, but as we look at Romans 5, 12, you know, it tells us that our sinful condition, where it came from, wherefore, as by one man's sin enter into the world. Then in verse 19, it says, For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Notice a difference at the beginning of verse 19. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Uh, among the study, we sometimes do not understand total depravity, but our depravity is lost. Uh, you know, I hear a lot and uh, when people say, well, you know, we're not as depraved as we could be, not as bad as we could be. But we need to understand, and we won't go over all, all of this, but the meaning of personal depravity. By depravity, we mean a man's lack of original righteousness and of the love toward God. We cannot, we like to think we can, you know, uh, talk to people when we as subject come up they always say well I may not love God as much as you do but I love God but the fact is that a lost man doesn't have the ability to love God he's totally depraved and now it's just like a puppy or any other animal we may train uh, or under regulation but uh, God tells us very honestly in John chapter 3, you know, that the teaching of the scriptures that all must be born again. So is the university depravity of man. You know, there's not a person that is born ready if they die, go to heaven only a uh, child, babies, we know from David's life, you know, that when God dealt with David, uh, he took his baby. And his baby went to heaven, faced death. And this is another thing that many people don't like to think about. David lost his baby because of his sin. If we think that our lifestyle doesn't affect our loved ones, especially our children, we are mistaken. So we left off on from a positive standpoint. It does not mean that every sinner is totally destitute of that love to God. Well, I mean, because... 
they uh, can be taught under circumstances, but we were all born totally depraved. And that's hard for us to think about. It's even hard for some of us to think, hey, there's no good in me. Well, there's no good in you until God quickens you that would cause you want to be saved, that would cause you want to serve the Lord. It's just not there. But we can be influenced, and we can do it for certain reasons. A lot of marriages that are about ready to fall apart, most time the first thing they'll do, let's cry church. It never works. Crying church will not save you. Believing in Jesus is what saves you. And I would do the same thing. Matter of fact, you know, in the last month or so, I've, I've advised somebody, you know, come to church. If it's not Ambrose Road, come to some church that preaches the gospel. Don't walk down the aisle the first time you're in there because walking down the aisle and becoming a member is not going to solve your marriage problem, it's not going to solve your financial problem. It's just don't solve problems. As far as if that's the only reason that we uh, are turning over a new leaf, you know, uh, that is just the gospel truth. But in the sinful condition of man inherited from Adam, depravity infects the whole person. Intellect, feelings, heart, will, so that in each person's natural depraved state, some lower base instinct reigns a supreme, a supreme choice. Now, what is that? What does human beings do without any coaxing, without any training? They have a love for sin. That's what man has. You don't have to teach a man to sin. You don't have to go to school and say, now these are the sins you need to try first. Because man is depraved. And we have used this statement ever since I've been in the ministry and taught depravity. I have three kids, and all three of my kids have lied. Mom and Dad has lied, but nobody taught us to lie. You know, I never sit down and I said, "Now, Anthony and and Kim and Jay, I want to teach you the talent of lying." They do that naturally. So, what that is that shows us that man is depraved. So the fact that let's join a church, let's stop doing this, stop doing this, stop doing that, in order to, it never works. But if we stop this, that, or the other because of, that is because God has saved us, only God can cause us to do things for the right way. And this year a lot of preachers disagree, you know, I'm saved, been saved 50-some years. 
I'm still as depraved today as I was when God brought me in this world. My nature. My nature. So therefore, it's a constant battle. As I said, Wednesday night, I used what my former pastor would say all the time. Man's side, God's side, we stay right in the middle. But because we are depraved, it takes no effort to sin. It takes effort not to sin in a sinful world because everybody around you sins. But see, to show that we are depraved, we have a love of sin. We ask, or people ask me from time to time, you may ask, you know, why does my kids do that? I never did do that. I've never in front of them. Why do they do that? Well, uh, Tom Paul Sentiment's theology book discusses the proof of total depravity in the following outline, and I want to use part of it this morning. Look at Genesis chapter 6 and verse 5. Genesis chapter 6 and verse 5. God says here, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Man is depraved in the mind. I told a person yesterday, I spent about an hour on the phone. I said, you are what you think. He said, that's what the counselor said that, that my preacher sent me to, asked me to see. That is the truth. It's true for all of us. You don't do anything without your mind. We've got to get our mind straight. And I, I've told my kids, I would tell your kids, get your head on straight. What am I saying? Begin to think right. And that takes an effort. It takes an effort. Because as we've read here in Genesis 6, 5, you know, it's very clear. God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was evil, only evil continually. It was so bad that God said in verse 6, And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man. I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repented me that I have made them. But a lost man, he doesn't repent until God deals with him. He says, I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry I got caught. Sorry you don't agree with me. I'm sorry this upset you. But when he truly repents, he's not only sorry that he hurt his wife or children, but he stops. He stops doing that. According to Jeremiah 7, 9, that his heart, when his heart, you know, it's not necessarily talking about the heart that like I have or you have, and sometimes our heart is bad and got to have some, some work done, done to it. But God says in Jeremiah 17, Jeremiah the 17th chapter, when we look at this, Jeremiah 17 and verse 9, God said, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? How many times have you said or I've said, if I know my heart? Well, you don't. Your heart will deceive you because that is that emotional thinking. And God said that not only is he totally depraved, but He's depraved in his mind. He's depraved in his heart, in affection, so that he is adverse to God. I mean, every part of us, until we're saved, is absolutely no good at all. You know, I've I've preached this one point. If we can get in our hearts and minds that we are totally depraved, totally depraved, we will begin to appreciate our salvation. Because you may say, I, when God saved me, I decided I wouldn't do this, 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 this. And we were honest. But what we didn't know at the time is how powerful the flesh is. And it's a constant. It's a constant. And the devil never gives up. He works on you 24-7, seven days a week. And sometimes he works that flesh down and we do those things that we shouldn't do. Now, in, in the Gospel of John, the Gospel of John, chapter 3 and verse 19, God said, and this is the condemnation. See, that is really... The problem. Now, we, we go up there and we, we know what verse 16, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He goes on to say, he that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he have not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Now, if we really read verse 18, the way it's written, the way it's said here, he that believeth on him is not condemned. You're not condemned because you believe on him. But he that believeth not is condemned already. Every one of us, everybody we know, if they have not believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, as their Lord and Savior, they are condemned and on their way to hell. 
They may stop drinking. They may stop lying. They may stop doing every known sin. But until you're born again, all you're going to do, you're going to die a clean person. You're going to die a person that doesn't have these open sins. But stop sinning things you have control over will not save you. Only faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, when we believe that, when we understand that, our salvation will mean a lot more to us. Romans chapter 8 and verse 7. Romans 8 and verse 7. Notice what God said. He said here in the Romans, the 8th chapter, the 7th verse, because the carnal mind is enmity against God. What does that mean? The way I think naturally is against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Now, we can make New Year's resolutions. I can use a person. My wife's mom, Georgia May, she was as good a mother-in-law as anybody could possibly have. She cussed like a sailor. It was just a habit. So when Anthony came along, I told her, I said, the first time you cussed in front of him, will be the last time you see him until you stop. To my knowledge, that lady never cursed in front of my son or me again. Because cussing is a habit. It's easy to do. So like lying, it's easy to do. But to be truthful is harder. Well, God said here in Romans chapter 8 and verse 7, because the carnal mind is enmity against God. Our natural mind is enmity. Only the new birth causes you and I to think God for what we have and to ask God to bless our sick and to be with so and so. That's total depravity. I think if you understand total depravity then you can understand that your salvation is all of God. Only thing you did was furnish the sinner. Because as God said I came from my mother's womb speaking lies and left to myself. I will continue to lie because the only reason a person of a sound mind and body does not receive Christ as the Lord and personal Savior on human side, they don't see themselves as God sees them. You've got to see yourself the way God sees you. You know, uh, we need to understand that in our conscience, that uh, our conscience, you know, it's, uh, uh, it, it doesn't bother 
a lost person to be dishonest? God said in Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. That's what God says. He says here in Hebrews chapter 10, you know, and we can uh, get commentary on anything we want to, but God's word answers it better. So in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 22, the writer said, Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with the pure water. And the pure water here is the pure water of the Word of God. Because once God saves us, the Word of God has an effect upon us. The Word of God has no effect on a lost person until God saves them. Once God saves you, then it has. That's why people don't read the Word. They don't study the Word. Because if they're saved, if I'm saved and I read the word daily and I study the word and I pray daily, the Spirit of God is going to convict me simply because of the word. That's what saved me. It's what saved you. That's what keeps us believing the word is what keeps us on the path of righteousness. Not anything in us, you know, that would cause us to do that except the Word of God. So the more of the Word we get, the more of the Word that we get, then the closer we begin to think the way God thinks. I mean, it's just the way it is, and we don't like to think that some, sometimes. Because, but that's what the Bible tells us. Our conscience, you know, in speech, you know. But see, we can, and I use the illustration of my mother-in-law, we stop doing things that we shouldn't do for a reason. We have a reason. The reason that I don't do things I used to do is because of the one who lives in me. There's a reason. I mean, you know, you tell people, you ask people, and they'll argue with you, and I just listen to them to be polite. You know, when did God save you? Oh, one day I decided I didn't want to be lost no more. That's a bunch of foolishness. How can a lost man decide that he doesn't want to be involved in the things that he makes him happy? Because once God saved you, all things are new. What is important to you is new. But most of all, you know that your battle is inwardly. That's my battle. No difference 
You go to the doctor. The doctor says, do this, this, and this because you have this, this, and this. The confidence you have in your doctor, the difference that medicine may make you feel will cause you to continue to take it. Well, when you are born again, that whole book that didn't make a lick of sense, those whole things your mom and dad and the preacher and the Sunday school teacher, everybody said, you know, however we look at it different, but my hang-up was when I first started going to Grace Baptist Church was that's Brother Bill's opinion. And he has a right to his opinion. But see, I was even wrong on that statement. If you're saved, you don't have the right to your opinion anymore because you are a new creature. So, therefore, the battle starts. The battle starts. The new man says no. The old man says yes. Who wins? Whoever you yield to. Because... God will not make you a robot. We have the ability, and the closer we are, the more we are grounded, then the Word of God is our final reason we do or don't do something. And, you know, we got to understand that. Notice just one verse here in Romans chapter 3 and verse 13. Romans 3 verse 13 God said, their heart is an open sepulcher. With their tongues, they have used deceit. The portion of us is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and mercy are in their ways. And the way of peace have they not known. Can you remember when you was lost? You had temporary peace. You felt good because you stopped doing this or you stopped doing that. And the more you clean your life up, the better you felt. But when it came, as Brother C.D. Cho said in one of his writings, when you face the facts, you submitted to what really did not change your life. But when God saves you, everything changes in your life. But what is the hardest thing to understand, and if you understand this point, and I don't want to leave this part of it till I, we've seen it before and before, but notice what God says in Psalms 51 and verse 5. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. In short, what does that mean? I was born a sinner. 
You don't have to teach a newborn babe to lie. They lie as soon as they're born. Yeah, I don't know how many times I would get up at night with Anthony. I'd get up at night with Kim. I'd get up at night with Jay. They're just in tear of pain. I mean, they're screaming. You turn the light on and it's crying stops and a big grin comes up. That's depravity in action. But see, we don't look at it that way. But God said, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Notice, same book, the 58th chapter. Psalms 58. God said in the third verse, The wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray as soon as they be born, speaking lies. I mean, I had a lady, a visitor down at Hebron when I, when I was there. I mean, when she was leaving, she got right up in my face. She said, you, you had to misread that. Baby is not a sinner. They don't lie. And what did God say? God said, the wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray as soon as they be born speaking lies. Their poison is like the poison of a serpent. They are like the death adler that stopped her years, which will not hearken to the voice of charming, charming never, never so wisely. I mean, we're born sinners. But we remain sinners until God saves us. That's why that Sunday school has got to be more than coloring pictures. Coloring pictures is part of it. But it's got to be more. And they can be more. Now, let's look briefly at the effects of total depravity. No rendiment of good remains in man by nature. That old, that old saying, you know, we get older we get, the better we get. God said in Romans chapter 7 and verse 1, Romans 7, 1, he said, Know ye not, brethren, for I speak to them that know the law, how that the law hath dominion over a man as long as he liveth. For the woman which hath a husband is bound by the law of her husband. You know, and it goes on and on. As long as you're living, the law of God doesn't change, and this is the law of God. God tells us, man is by nature spiritually dead, as we read in Romans 5, 12, 1 John 3, 14. Man by nature is spiritually dead. 
We're alive physically, but dead spiritually. I mean, that's, I don't have to look at anybody else, you know. I didn't believe a thing that Brother Bill preached for weeks and weeks until that Tuesday God saved my soul. God makes the difference. It don't mean I was a bad person, worse than any sinner. It just simply means I was spiritually dead. We wouldn't start cursing a, a corpse at the funeral home because they couldn't answer us. We know they're dead. Same thing spiritually. Until God quickens that lost person, they're dead. They may be able to quote scripture. I'm surprised, you know, when we were out visiting, that how many, I must scriptures lost people knew. But the scriptures didn't know them. That's the difference. Man is by nature. Therefore, he cannot comprehend spiritual things. Uh, he thinks he can, and if we get down to one-on-one and tell him that, hey, I, I don't expect you to be able to understand this, you know, he, he would get mad and, uh, you know, start doing things he shouldn't do. But, but notice in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14, you know, I, I have this uh, verse underlined, because it is so helpful. But the natural man, the natural man is a lost man. The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolish unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. They have no ability to comprehend the Scripture. I mean, you know, what you will find out that when you talk to a lot of lost people, they know a lot of Scripture. But knowing Scripture in itself will not save you. It's understanding that Scripture. He cannot. He certainly cannot comprehend the things of God. And because of that, hence he cannot until quickened by the Spirit, turn from sin to God in godly penance and faith. He just cannot do it. Notice, could not close without looking at John chapter 6 and verse 44. John 6, 44. God says here, No man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. No man. You know, so if you understand that verse, you understand why I have decided to follow Jesus, don't turn me on. Because it's not a scriptural song. Good little song. We all sing it, and you know, and we, we're rejoicing. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. You, you can't by yourself decide 
A dead man can't decide anything spiritually. So God, what did God say? No man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me, draw him, and I will raise him up in the last day. Notice, same chapter, verse 65. And he said, Therefore said I unto you that no man can come to me except it were given unto him of my father. Just recently I talked to a person and he said, I listened to your broadcast on Facebook and I don't believe that. Well, God said, and you know, not that I'd put any more power on it because it's in the letters in red, but John 6, you know, when we look at verse 44, no man can come to me except the Father which have sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. Then you go over and read verse 60. Uh, 465, you know, said, you know, it, it just takes care of everything that God has said. So we look at verse 65, and he said, Therefore said I unto you that no man can come to me except it were given unto him by the Father. If I was putting doctrine, I would write election on that verse. Who's going to come to him? The ones that God has elected. A lost person doesn't necessarily need that, to hear that. But after we're saved and we know that, hey, God saved us, God did that change. And that God has an elect. I mean, that's almost a dirty word in missionary Baptist churches anymore. But if God didn't have an elect, nobody would be saved. Because no man in his own power will come to Christ. Won't do it. He can't do it. And that's what God says here in John chapter 6, verse 65. And he said, therefore said I unto you, that no man come unto me. Except what? Except it were given unto him by the Father. Who's going to be saved? Everybody is depraved, so God takes his elect. He takes everyone that the Father gave to the Son, and he lets him understand that. Everyone that the Father gave to the Son, he died for them. And he came back out of the ground for them. And he's coming back a second time for them. And that upsets people. But yet I can say, Harold, y'all should have rode the car this morning. It's more comfortable. I don't have the right to tell Harold and Sue what to drive. And I don't have the right to tell God who his son died for because his father gave them to him. And when we see that, election isn't a problem 
We just rejoice. Man, I'm glad I'm one of his elect. I'm glad I'm one that the Father gave to the Son. Heavenly Father, we thank you, dear Lord, for this day. We thank you, Father, for the privilege to study thy word verse by verse and to study them subject by subject. And, Father, I am thankful that even though I was a depraved sinner on my way to hell and enjoying every minute of it, that you came and quickened me 